feel of the game. We're going to um, that's all right. Their coaches were you know you're going to have a good feel for the game of baseball in general, just from playing and being around it, observing it, watching a lot of baseball like you and I. I mean, it's our job. It's basically our job. You know, our job is to watch baseball. We do. We watch it here, deep at the Woodlands. We watch it at youth baseball games, travel games, travel baseball games, and all the way to big leagues. I mean, we watch a lot of baseball, so we can we generally have a, a feel for the game when it comes to coaching. And for who's good or bad, and what's making them good or bad. That's yeah. the difference. Exactly. But for fantasy baseball and, and anybody that plays it, you know, they kind of have to do some research. They kind of have to, uh, you know, work, see who's who's in, who's not, who's out, who's, you know, hot. Yeah, you're scouting still. Exactly. We're scouting yeah. everything. Yep, that's right. So go ahead and, and lead us into our the arm care and prehab movement. Uh, so uh, we talk about this. Um, a lot arm care everyone wants to prevent Tommy John Um, that's the big black hole that you don't want to go down so uh, you want to get ahead of that you want to treat your arm well okay do the bands definitely Um, so when we talk about movement stability precedes I'm sorry mobility precedes stability and so a lot of people like to say uh, stability first uh, if you can't move your arm full range of motion, then you have to get that before you can use stability effectively. All right, so uh, sometimes when we throw, our arm, our chest opens up and we throw like this and it doesn't look good. Okay, I know you can find a, a picture of Greg Maddox rotating like this. I'm talking about the beginning. We need that coil to finish the throw. And so uh, we need our body to use uh, what it's uh, creating, the tension. We need to use its tools and systems to make it an easier throw on our player's arms. So uh, <clears throat> arm care and prehab are great approaches. And, but the most important thing that you can do is teach the, the approach that we're coiling up and then we're throwing a punch. Okay, I see a lot of guys if you ask them if they wanted to punch somebody like this, they would never say yes. They know that how to punch. Everybody knows that you, you load it up back here and you throw a hard one. So um, that's an easy test for you. If, uh, if the, the children tend to uh, shift their weight too early and really lose their punch and their throws. So if you, if you load up back here, really get that power position, Okay, uh, that's very important for throwing. A lot of guys have their arms hurt. They wonder why they do the exact same, exact same movements, and it's just gonna increase, excuse me, increasingly uh, put stress on the arm. So uh, a lot of the teams I've worked with, that's what's happening. It's not a good sign. Uh, you should be able to throw without any stress on your elbow. And so uh, by doing the, creating the tension, I always ask them, is this tension or is this tension? No, this is tension, okay? Which one has more tension? This one where it's rolled up, creating the tension, or the one that's just pulled on? And they always answer, they understand this concept. So then we create the tension with our body and our core, okay? If we can generate the core tension, we get the uncoil effect, and that's the free energy that you're looking for in hitting and throwing. We coil it up, and then the body freely uncoils. It's happier to be uncoiled than coiled up. So that's what we're using uh, yeah. as levers. Well, and check out our short video that we have on uh, arm care 
prehab and movement so that way you can get a better idea and we can go more in depth um, on the uh, on the whole idea of that and how to ins how to instill it into your child's um, you know baseball baseball movements so um, now we get let's move on to uh, my favorite part of the segment today that I want to really get into and that's the two pitches and let's talk about so Kobe go ahead and talk about the athlete paradigm that you wanted to mention real quick well uh, we understand it in business that there's a paradigm and so if you're within the industry you can only see what's within the industry for the most part unless you really want to go under a hole or under a rock uh, kind of like Bill James he was a janitor he was under a rock uh, learning about stats on his own he didn't want to follow by the book he was tired of the book he went against the grain somewhere else so um, the same thing happens for athletes they're surrounded by the same people the same fraternity of people and so the ideas are the same the San Francisco Giants clubhouse someone is telling Shark and Bummy and whoever that uh, maybe they're the opener is stupid that's fine what the problem I have is the fans that literally hate players. That's not okay. It's not healthy. Uh, there's a lot of people that do that. If they're below average big leaguer, they hate them. That's not okay. That's not a good example for your children. I've seen that a lot. It's very, very scary. Uh, we don't want that kind of hate. We want love here. So, yeah. go ahead. Well, let's get into um, who, who in here is hard about the uh, opener? I'm sure a lot of you guys have uh, heard about it and read about it and, and maybe follow the, some of the teams in the uh, big leagues that, that utilize it during the major league, during the course of the season. Let's go race. Well, you know, we, let's, uh, let's go into, uh, so we, we mentioned Jeff Samarja, Madison Bumgarner. Um, both of them, I know Jeff Samarja talked about, you know, he, um, well, I know he was critical of it. Yes. Madison Bumgarner, go ahead. Uh, he's nicknamed Shark from now on. Um, I'm not going to call him Samarja every time. Yeah. He's Shark. So. Well, Madison Bumgarner um, said that he'd walk out of the stadium if his manager, Bruce Bochy, had um, had told him that he was going to be the opener. And that, uh, that stems from Franz Zaidi uh, taking over as VP of Operations for San Francisco. Um, so it's a reaction to his saying he wants to implement the opener. He saw it work in Oakland. He's ready to use it. So uh, that's a, a reaction to that. <clears throat> Garrett Cole said he didn't, he didn't want to pay to watch a math equation um, take over into the uh, into Major League Baseball. He uh, he obviously wasn't too too happy about it. Uh, Jeff Samarjo also talked about wanting to move the outfield fences back during the during the course of the season, like randomly during the, the season. At least that's what I got out of it, like that's back and cool. forth, back and forth during the course of the season, which could add to the you know experience for the fans um, but here's my take on the opener why not take these guys that are perennial signing award winners that are criticizing it that are one and two one a and, and one b pitchers in their rotation and 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 understand that you know what just I think it was Jeff Samarja that asked you know where's the pride you know from a starting pitcher standpoint you know where is the um, you know the idea that you want the ball and you want to be the guy that starts the game and 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 wants to uh, and and want to just you know and don't want to have someone come in and start the first inning and then come in in the second inning. Now the Kobe mentioned the Tampa Bay Rays and so the Rays utilized that the most in Major League Baseball this season by far. 
They started it, too. Yeah, they started it. And they never did it, though, when Chris Archer and, and Blake Snell Blake Snell were pitching. It was um, it was a lot of, I forget who, who the starters, but they brought in guys like Ryan Stanek to pitch the first inning. Sergio Romo did for a little bit when he was with the Rays. And, yeah, they had success with it. I mean, that's not that's not a um, you know that's not that's not hidden. I mean, they had a lot of success with it, and it helped them out a lot. It helped them win what ninety games? Is that what they won? I believe it's eighty seven. Eighty seven games. But they weren't supposed to even win eighty seven. Um, the problem I have okay, okay. Uh, with the with that argument, uh, a lot of Cy Youngs are like, "Well, look at me. It's easy. I mean, uh, I I don't need an opener. Why do you need an opener?" So that's my problem with it because uh, that seems to be the argument. It's nothing to do with the actual effectiveness of the opener. We've seen it work. If you put a guy out there in the first, like Ryan Stenick, coach I mentioned earlier today when we were talking about it, he throws 98 to 100 and then a 90 mile hour split. You try hitting that, not easy, okay? So then we bring in Tyler Glasnow in the second, all right? He's 6'8", throws 98, and he had an amazing stint with the Rays once they got picked up in the Archer trade, which, Maybe one of the biggest heists in history. It depends on how Archer. Well, and then he got my fellow pal Shane Boz, kid, kid that I've known since he was 12, 13, or even younger than that. And then they get they stole him in that trade too. So that's why it's a heist. They got Meadows, Glasnow, and Boz. And a lot of people were like, "Well, there's a limit. Uh, they can't announce this trade till uh, after the the draft period ends for Shane Boz." And so I was like, "Well, that's the only guy they would." try to get it. So if they got him, it was a steal. So anyway, they got a steal. Even if Archer is a stud with the Pirates, Glasnow has already become a stud for Tampa Bay through this opener program. Maybe he starts this year, maybe not. Uh, <clears throat> but they reclaimed his talent. Glasnow was a top prospect pitching-wise. He struggled in Pittsburgh, and now he gets to come in in the second and throw 98 with a breaker and with that length. Using the length is so important. We haven't had guys that tall throw that hard since about Randy Johnson's time. A lot of tall guys only can touch 90 or right about low 90s. This guy is on his own planet right now, uh, using that length to really get the, the leverage and the downward angle, then throw a breaking ball. It's, it's really good. Um, so the point of the opener is to make those first top three guys, if you get them out one, two, three, at least within the first five, it's still a zero-zero. So uh, if you want to prevent the big inning, then you use the opener. And then also, it puts the third time through the lineup. Those last three guys, their third time through is one inning later because of the opener. That is a great idea by the Rays. <clears throat> they're, they're allowing their starter to extend facing the lower part of the lineup. Uh, that's also a win. Uh, they can get settled in and really go deep. There's a couple of second inning guys that went nearly to the eighth or ninth. I don't remember who, uh, but it was happening. They were really stretching those guys out. Yeah, I agree. If you can get if you can get a um, get a, throw up a zero in the first inning, and then you score, and then you maybe tack on a couple. I mean, your chances of winning the game improve tremendously. Um, I want to mention a guy that I watched growing up, Tom Glavin. He would have what he, what you would call first inning jitters, where you know you may touch him for two, three, maybe four runs, and then after that, that's it. He's, he's not giving up anymore. He gets if, really mad. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. You know, if you don't get him early, you're not going to get him at all. Um, so I can see where you can bring in a guy if you have if you have a guy like a Ryan Stanek 
or a um, who's the other guy you talked about? Well, Tyler Glasnow in the Glasnow, second. Yeah, if you can have a guy like a Glasnow, where you can do that for the first couple innings, and then bring in a guy that's maybe touching ninety, you know, or so, and then I mean that's tough to hit. I mean I know the Astros when they saw that from the Rays, they they didn't have much success against the the, the guys that the Rays threw at them, and I know that the Rays, I think. I could be wrong, but they might have won the season series against the Astros. I know they swept in that four-game set in Houston oh, wow. during yeah. the uh, during the season. So, you know, it's I can see the the pros to it. I do have to give the guys that that are criticizing it that I do have to give them the benefit of the doubt as well, just because they they have earned that. They have earned. I feel like they have earned where they can kind of say they whether they don't want a opener or not. You know, and then. They can they can kind of tell the GM you know the Farhan Zaidis of the world that hey hey you know like you guys didn't play a lick of baseball growing up you know you, let me let me kind of play this game that I've that I've grown and that I've worked hard to uh, to um, you know develop my game and and I can I can I, I can see that too I can see their side of it as well. Well, I would argue maybe don't don't open for Bumgarner. They didn't open for Snell or. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Archer. yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, they're, they're, I guess, I guess you could, if you want to find that happy medium, you can kind of like, you can kind of give in and say, okay, for like the Garrett Coles, the Verlanders, you know, the um, the Madison Bumgarners, and and I haven't suggested that. I'm only saying the Giants three through five. Maybe Derek Rodriguez isn't, but uh, there's a couple guys that need the opener. So. Well, and to finish off on this too, I mean, you got to have the guys too that that can be the opener. The Rays just happen to have a couple of guys there that are just like virtually unhittable in the first inning. I mean, you 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 come out, you take BP at five o'clock off a coach that's sixty years old throwing forty miles an hour, and then you got to go face a twenty-two year old throwing ninety-eight to a hundred. I get it. I mean, like that's that's tough to hit. You know, that's going to be almost almost impossible to to see any success in. So the Rays, you know. I, at the end of the day, it is ingenious. I mean, it's a it's it's a good move by their by Nash, you know, their manager, um, Cash, right? Kevin Cash, Kevin yes, Cash, Cash, their manager. Um, it's a, it's a good move on his part. I think that you know that it allowed him to see eighty seven wins, you know, and they may they may win more games, but the, but I tell you what, the Yankees are gonna get are gonna be better. Red Sox mm-hmm. are gonna be better. Let's see it the second time around how teams fare against that. When they when they know okay okay this this guy is coming at me now I better be ready to hit let's see how it goes this year and then we can we can uh, you know go from there yeah I love uh, that you get to eat your words on that one <laughs> well uh, I would say the Rays lineup uh, once they traded for Meadows and Fam they got those guys on the cheap as well the Rays just are fleecing a lot of guys right now a lot of teams they're getting fleeced by the Rays kind of like Danny Ainge in Boston and yeah. the Celtics. That's what the Rays are doing to other teams. And they get a full year with Meadows and Pham in lineup. They already had a, a pretty stout lineup. They got G-Man Choi in there. He's got a big righty split. They got a lot of guys that can mash. And then they got the guys that can chuck. So the game is about missiles right there. They're, they're getting missiles in Tampa Bay. Well, let's finish off on uh, letting everybody know where they can find us online. Um, you can go on Facebook and follow us, like our page at uh, backwards K Vector, Instagram at Backwards K Vector. Um, you can uh, find us on Twitter on our personal accounts. Um, I'm H Town H Town Baseball Co. Um, on Twitter, 
Um, I'm underscore Searish23 underscore. And uh, we're also unofficially sponsored by Bulletproof Coffee. It's amazing. It opens your brain up very well. Where did that come from, man? I don't even drink coffee. Well, I know. That's <laughs> that's your uh, choice. Um, but I, I feel like the brain oil, I showed it on, on uh, Twitter today. I went live on Twitter showing everybody the I've Bulletproof. Heard, I've heard about Bulletproof Coffee, but we may have to... We have to refrain from from them sponsoring us unless they're going to pay us the big bucks. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all next time. We'll see you.